Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight for us to be with you on this Thursday, July 16th of 2020. As always, it is a privilege and an honor that you would join us, and we greet all our listeners wherever you find yourself, uh, whatever part of the world you find yourself. It's always an honor to have you in this time. As you know, as you see, as you look around you, as you look around what's going on, we understand that more than ever before, the need to come together in fellowship and study the Word of God. And so thank you for taking out of your time to joining us today. And yesterday we began a new, I don't know if it's going to be a mini-series or where the Lord's going to take us, but what a tremendous uh, study that we began in John chapter 20 on what happened in one day. Hallelujah. And we were able to... Um, to to glean some things from from this story and i'm looking forward to what god is going to show us today as always it is a privilege to be here with the panel with brother marty brother fernando to be able to study the word of god together so brother marty i'll leave it with you to share what god has placed in your heart as we study the word of god together yes praise the lord we're continuing our study which we began yesterday on um, on Resurrection Day, the day that the Lord rose from the dead, and and we began to see, as we explored yesterday, some some pretty cool things. As as Brother Jeremy said, we we looked at uh, at what actually happened. We began our study uh, by quoting uh, John chapter twenty, verse nineteen, where where the Lord appears into the room where the disciples are, and He tells them, "Peace be unto you." And that was at the end of the evening when he when he showed up. And as we began to explore, there was a lot of things that that happened before that appearance. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the the one day, the the resurrection day, the most important day that's ever been, the day that our Lord rose from the dead. And so we're going to continue looking at that day, um, a day in the life of the disciples, is what we said yesterday, right? So let's take right. a look at this. Yeah. This resurrection day. And we're going to have uh, Brother Jeremy. If you have your Bibles, those of you that are listening, please open them to uh, John's Gospel, chapter 20, as we continue our journey. And, and I think you're going to see some things today uh, that'll be really, really uh, profound and and, uh, and and enlarge our understanding as to what happened. You know, most of the yeah. time we're just taught. You know, on the third day, the stone was rolled away, right? On Easter Sunday, everybody hears those messages. But but we rarely actually have, I can't even remember actually hearing a message uh, exploring all the events that happened on that one single day. It's quite amazing. So let's take a look at that. And we're going to begin as we continue today uh, with uh, Brother Jeremy reading uh, John 20, verse 15 through 17. And we'll get into our study in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, 
touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Praise God. And this is uh, what the encounter that he had with Mary. And, and, and again, before we get into what he's saying here, we're going to be focusing today on what he told her in verse 17. Do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But, I, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father to my God and your God. <clears throat> As we were looking at yesterday, this whole event occurred uh, three days after the crucifixion of the Lord. And, and we discussed, you know, where they were at this point. We discussed the three days that, that transpired after the crucifixion. And, and we began to dig in to basically uh, look at, at what it was that they were, they were quite conceivably going through. We know later in this chapter that, that they're basically shut up in a, in a home there in Jerusalem. And they're, they're afraid. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, they, they had given up over three and a half years of their life. And they had laid down uh, their businesses. They had left their families. And they went on this journey with this, this wonderful one they called Jesus. But now, <clears throat> everything they had thought, everything that they had come to assume had, had ended. And now we're three days into this, and and he has been. He, the last time they saw him, he was crucified. They took his body down and they laid it in a tomb, and it's been three days. And yet, that's where we pick up the story, like we did yesterday. We we looked at John chapter twenty, where it actually begins. In John chapter twenty, verse one, can you read that, brother Jeremy, just for review's sake? Yes, the first day of the week cometh. Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and see the stone taken away from the sepulcher. So we know from that that it, it's early, it, it's still dark outside. It's the third day, it's the first day of the week. Jesus had been crucified, and, and he comes. Uh, it comes now to this point, and, and Mary, we're told, from John's perspective. Now, if you look at the other Gospels, you'll see that it mentions other women uh, Joanna, uh, Mary, the mother of James, and and other unnamed women, they were coming with spices. <clears throat> but apparently here, uh, John wants our attention to be drawn to Mary Magdalene for, for, for many reasons. One of them we talked about, uh, I believe, is, is because of what was revealed concerning her in Luke chapter 8, that she was one of the women uh, that ministered unto Jesus of her of their substance. Uh, Magdala was a was, was a wealthy uh, district within Israel, and it was where uh, there was there was a lot of expensive uh, garments and and cloth and stuff uh, was uh, was made there and manufactured there. And so Mary gets a bad rap as far as uh, the the tradition of the church, which tries to assign her to being a, a prostitute, a harlot. But nowhere in the scripture does it say that. But we do know from the hints that are given us that she was amongst the women who had substance that ministered unto mm -hmm. the Lord. So we know that she mm -hmm. she she was a woman of means. So we cannot just assume. <laughs> what, and really, from what I was studying, you know that 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 whole ideology came about around the fifth century, 
um, under one of the popes who gave a, a message and, and, and was preaching and, and assigned that moniker to her that she was a harlot or a prostitute. But but that's not that's not uh, doing her justice if we uh, if we just take the plain meaning of the scripture. It simply tells us, however, that she was someone that had been possessed with seven devils, seven devils, and that the Lord had had cast them out of her. And I think that's why it's important when we see here in, in the first verse, like you just read, again, she comes early uh, when it was dark. And what we're told there is when she approaches the tomb, she sees that that the stone has already been rolled away. And then in verse 2, it says, after seeing that, she, she takes off running. So from that, when you compare the other gospel accounts to these women, it appears that she separated herself in, and ran to uh, to Peter and, and, and John and where the other disciples were in the home that was there uh, in Jerusalem. And and she came running to, to let them know. As I was studying, Brother Jeremy, can you read uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28? Uh, yes. The, the first verse. Could you read that for us? Yeah, it says, here we go. In the end, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And verse 2, what does it say? And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. So there's kind of an interesting little thing that we're given there, right? This is the resurrection day. But it, it says that there was a great earthquake, that an angel came down to roll away the stone. And 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 so you have to imagine that when Mary was walking uh, to the tomb early that morning in the dark, the fact that we're, we're shown here in John chapter 20, verse 1, that when she approaches and, and she comes to the tomb, the the stone is already rolled away and and so that lets us know from reading matthew 28 that the angel had already come but also that there was a great earthquake you know and so what i began to think about this morning when i was looking at this was if if the disciples were asleep at this moment uh they weren't anymore it wasn't just a little shaker you guys living down there in california you're used to those little tremblers but <laughs> yeah, yeah right but 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 this is a great earthquake it, it literally shook the entire vicinity where they were at and and that more than likely right. yeah more than likely it uh it, it it caused a stir uh throughout the city and and yeah. it woke up the it woke up the disciples so she she goes running uh, in verse two, and like we looked at yesterday, it was early in the morning, and and she goes running to the tomb, and like we discussed yesterday, we encouraged the people to, uh, those of you listening, uh, to go back and listen to the podcast yesterday as we got into length of what actually happened. She goes to 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 uh, Peter and and John's house, and she she talks to them and and tells them the stone's been rolled away, and and uh, and and then in verse four, what does it say that they did, brother? Of uh, John 20 or is it 28? Yeah, yeah. Just read three, two, three, and four again, just for the sake of <laughs> of uh, getting it, up to speed here. Okay, two, three, and four. That's from uh, John 20, right? 
There we go. Yes. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. That, that's what we were discussing yesterday. So she, she says uh, that that uh, the stone's been rolled away, and, and, and but it also says there what she, what she just read in verse 2, where it says, and we don't know where they have laid him. So that lets us know the consistency of the gospel, because you just read out of Matthew 28 how they were all together, right? Uh, as you go on in that story, you'll see that there were other women that were with her. But she set off, right. and, and and she goes and tells them that, that the Lord's body, we don't know where the Lord is. We don't know where they've taken the Lord. Uh, and she's desperate. She's she's uh, she's come to them. And, and, and then the Bible says that, that Peter goes forth and the other disciple, and they begin to run together. And we discussed that yesterday, how that, you know, uh, John – uh, identifies him in verse three and four as Peter, and they and they begin to run. And then when we when we get to verse number six, it says that he calls him Simon Peter. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit was revealing to us there. You know, uh, in all the things that we've studied through the years, uh, I think that one of the things that really has touched my heart is what happened to Peter on the run. You know, I've heard all kinds of preachers talk about, you know, it's because John was younger or, you know, maybe he was just quicker than, than Peter or whatever. But but I don't think so. I think that as Peter set off with John with with an ex- excitement in their heart, remember, they just had this big earthquake, too. Right. So Lord only knows what was running through their mind. You know, when right. she shows up, I mean, imagine, you know, you have this massive earthquake. And just a few moments later, there's a knock at the door, <laughs> and it's Mary, right? <laughs> I mean, wow. Right. And, and, you know, and she's out of breath, and she's freaking out because she can't, where's the Lord? You know, this is an incredible start to your day, right? <laughs> it was early in the right. morning. <laughs> so, so, you know, I find that incredible, you know. And, and then when it talks about Peter in verse 3 and John setting off, they began to run. Uh, to, toward the garden tomb, and which is located on the Mount of Olives, and so it's a good little run from from the city proper in Jerusalem. But as they go running, and and we talked about this yesterday, you know, you have to imagine what was going through their minds. I felt like the Spirit of God wanted to to hone in on that so that we can understand uh, as believers what spiritual warfare is really like, because it already had begun. The warfare began the moment that Jesus was arrested in the garden. We know that because if you remember in the garden that 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 they all they all fled. Peter tried to put up a little bit of resistance, but he was in the flesh, right? And and uh, and the Lord told him to put away his sword. And in one account, he had he had tried to cut some guy's head off, Malchus, the high priest's servant, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he ended up cutting off his ear. And then Jesus heals the ear, and uh, and then all the disciples run and scatter as they as they arrest the Lord. But we know from the gospel accounts that Peter followed behind. He followed at a distance. John would go 
all the way into Caiaphas's house and all the way through the trial, even all the way up to the cross with with Mary and some of the other women as Jesus was crucified. But but Peter, you know, had been boasting at the Passover supper that night that when Jesus told him, you know, what was going to happen, he said, you know, if everybody denies you, I won't deny you. And then the Lord revealed to him something that he didn't even know about himself. The truth is, Peter, he says, you're going to deny me three times before this night is over, before the rooster crows in the morning. You will have denied me three times. And so we know that the warfare had already begun. You know, the kind of ways that we look at spiritual warfare and what it is that the enemy tries to do to destroy um, our walk with God and to destroy us. You know, uh, in fact, like we talked about yesterday, when Jesus was being led away out of Caiaphas's house and uh, and, and on his way to uh, to Pilate uh, for for trial and examination, that the Bible tells us that that at that moment, as they were leading Jesus out, Peter had just finished denying the third time that he even knew the Lord. And at that moment, it says the Lord passed by and looked at him, and the rooster crowed, just like the Lord had told him a few hours before. And Peter remembered what the Lord had told him, and he went out and wept bitterly. And then we know the rest of the story, right? The rest of the day leads to the crucifixion of the Lord and then the burying of the Lord in the tomb. So it's been three long, agonizing days. But early in the morning on the third third day, right, we have this great earthquake. And then Mary Magdalene, you know, pounding on the door, and they come to the door, and she tells them, you know, the stone's been rolled away. We don't know where they've taken the Lord's body. And then we're told that Peter and John set off running, like we talked about yesterday. And as I was meditating on that, you know, I began to think about, you know, real life here now. Um, John didn't carry with him that, that guilt in the run, you know. I think they were running together and that as they got closer to the tomb, I think the reason that the Holy Spirit emphasizes that John got there before Peter is that as the run you know, progress toward the tomb, you can only imagine the thoughts and the different ways that the enemy was was dealing with them, particularly Peter. Because when John identifies him in verse 6, he doesn't call him Peter anymore. He calls him Simon Peter. And to me, I think that is a hint by the Holy Spirit as to the conflict of soul that began to take place on the run toward the tomb. Because as he's running with John, he's 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 Peter. He's that dec- declaration. He's that new name that Jesus gave him. He's the rock. He there's this confidence, this excitement, you know, without thought. It's it's an instant reaction by us. You know, he ran, and they're running together. But by the time we get to verse six, he's not just Peter. Now he's back to being Simon Peter. At least that's how the Holy Spirit had John write it. And John being one of the most mystical, uh, the most mystical, for lack of a better term, of the writers, the most spiritual writer of the gospel, he never put anything in there. Uh, nothing is in scripture by accident. And so in there we see a hint at what takes place mentally. You know, because from this point we know that, you know, John didn't go into the tomb. And we talked about that yesterday when he first arrived. He didn't go into the tomb, and and part of that is probably because of his Levitical priesthood background, knowing the Levitical law that even if it is his Lord, he cannot uh, come into contact with 
with a body that has passed away. And, and so he kind of looks in the tomb. But Peter, it says, Simon Peter, when he gets there, it says he just goes right on in. And he saw, and can you, can you read that, Brother Jeremy, in verse 6 and 7 again? Yes. It says, Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was ab about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And then can you read verse 8 to us? Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. And he saw and he believed. And so the Holy Spirit points out to us there that Peter didn't believe. He didn't believe, but but John did. It doesn't mean that Peter you know, would never believe, of course, as we know. But it wasn't enough. I think that something happened to him. I think that the scripture is revealing that to us right there. This this warfare. You know, as I, I I'm just going to tell you as I saw it. You know, it's imagine what you know how the enemy attacks you. You know how when he comes against you, and and he he his primary target is your mind. That's why when you read you read the uh, verses or the the the, the writings of Saint Peter the Apostle you know, and now aged and matured and, and been healed by the Lord, he writes extensively about the warfare of your mind. He says things like, gird up the loins of your mind. He talks about the enemy walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, right? He talks about what to add to your faith, right? He talked about add to your faith virtue and to virtue, you know, patience and temperance, and he gives that whole list. And when he gets to the end of it, he tells the church, if these things be in you and they're abounding in you, you will never, ever fall. That's what he said. You'll never fall. And so his writings are, are right. They're filled with this, this seasoning of a once tragic failure in his walk with the Lord. And so when he writes, he writes from the perspective of a man who's walked through trial and fire and understands the intricacies of the way that the enemy will come against you and what it's designed to do, which is to bring you down. And 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 that's why he wrote, he's the one who wrote, humble yourself, right, under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil, he said, and he will flee from you. It's right. that humility. You know that scripture where he says, humble yourself? It's because he's speaking in terms, maybe he had in the back of his head the night that he wasn't humble. The night that he said that if all my brothers here sitting at the table forsake you, Lord, I won't, right? He, he, yeah. he couldn't believe, right? He couldn't believe what Jesus was telling him at the Last Supper. He wouldn't humble himself. He wanted to assert himself. As a matter of fact, if you're not familiar with it, those of you that listen, go back and study that Last Supper because there's some incredible things that go on there. You know, they're arguing. I was, in the I was thinking about, Brother Marty, uh, the point you brought out um, when we were studying the, um, you know, the final supper. And you brought up a point that's really been in my spirit uh, for some time now concerning Peter, that 
that you brought out the thought and, and, and now hearing the way Peter speaks in his epistle, it, it, it could very well be the situation that took place and that initially it was Peter whom Satan targeted initially um, yes. to, to ultimately betray Christ. Think about mm-hmm. that. And, and we, see, we see evidence of that in Scripture, right, where Jesus sees yeah. that, that Satan is speaking through Peter. And he tell and he says Satan get thee behind right, and yeah. and but ultimately uh, it was Judas that gave in to Satan himself. But when he uses words like that, resist the devil, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. he shall flee from you. I mean that that just brings another level of understanding to the kind of uh, warfare that that Peter was facing, and ultimately because yeah. he was proud. Otherwise, you would yeah. just humble yourselves, right? Right. So, so, and so the enemy sought to take advantage of these weaknesses in Peter, right? So, so when you read uh, Peter in his writings, he, he's writing from that place of having denied Jesus Christ, right? And yeah. and and fully understanding, no, what he was under, whether he realized or not, intense warfare, right? Yeah. Um, so, so when we talk about Peter and John running towards uh, the tomb, you know, he he had to have been carrying this kind of guilt, perhaps. Um, who knows, you know, <laughs> it, it, who who knows what the enemy was was attacking him with, but he, something happened in his yeah. life. Brother Marty and Brother Fernando, yeah. there's also another scripture that goes along with what you're talking about. That's always in my in my heart that Peter writes when he tells when he tells and he talks in his epistles in his epistles about. I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of the of the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Again, appealing to the mind, remembering, you know, the attacks. Yeah. And, and so that's another scripture I wanted to add to what you guys are saying. Yeah, and that's that's all uh, really good, you know, uh, uh, that we need to consider because <laughs> as we have found as we go along, right, to do justice to what is written in the scripture, we need to take our time. And 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 again, you know, we were led by the Spirit prayerfully, but but I don't know who's listening today, but I got I got really really uh, you know uh, led in this direction again. Uh, to think about not only Peter, Peter and Mary, you know what they experienced and right. and what happened to them. Uh, that because this is real early in the morning again. Like we started out, there was this massive earthquake. I mean, you talk about a, a week in the life of the disciples, right? I mean, my goodness, you know they they come into Jerusalem, they're hailing their master as the king. You know, he he tears up the temple by throwing over the tables, right? He sits there for a week and teaches, and then he leaves the temple and, and tells them, I'm not coming back here again until you guys say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And now they're in the darkest of nights, you know, that night they're at the Passover. You know, they're going through such highs and lows and in-betweens. And by this point, when, you know, the third day after the after the crucifixion, this day, this resurrection day, they had to have been so absolutely fried, man. I mean, emotionally gone, mentally stretched to the limit. 
and 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 then add to it what we're talking about, brothers, the 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 absolute failure and sadness. You got one disciple hanging from a tree. Who who knows if they'd cut him down by now? Who knows? You know who did it? You know right. when Judas when Judas went and hung himself, man. You know that right. you got you. Got, <laughs> this is crazy stuff. This is yeah. intense. Yeah. <laughs> right? so you've got all and, and then then you then you're, you i know the enemy you know him if you've lived long enough you know him you know in those three days the, that whole boasting scene at the passover that i'll never deny you is just going over and over and over in his mind you know right. you know what right you know the, the the guilt that came on him when when he when the lord walked by that three and a half years before and 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 his his brother Andrew had brought Jesus to introduce him, and he first looked upon the master. You know that went through his mind. Or or when uh, when he walked the water, for goodness sakes, he got out of the boat and literally took steps on the water, and Jesus rescued him from drowning that that day. But or 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 when he healed all those people, and he and he healed his mother-in-law at his house. You know, all these things are, are, are running through his head. But I, I imagined as he was running that he kept seeing his denial of the Lord. The enemy kept throwing that up into his head as he's running to the tomb. Or maybe flashes of the Lord on the cross. You know, just, just seeing him at a distance, hanging there, beaten, bruised. Isaiah said beyond measure that we couldn't even recognize him. He was so marred from his beard yes. being plucked and beaten, you know, these images the enemy will take and begin mm -hmm. to flash in his mind. And I yes. think that's, that's what caused him to slow down in the run. But, yeah. Brother Marty, there's also an account where the Bible says that Jesus told Peter uh, that Satan had asked to assist him, right? But I have yes. prayed that your faith will not fail you. So all yeah. of those things were, were, were part of, of, of maybe what he was remembering when Jesus told him that, right? What was he talking yeah. about, you know? So, uh, yeah, th these are all examples that, that we're seeing of what possibly could have been going through his head in that moment. And we know that Paul reveals to us that that later in this day, and we'll examine that prayerfully uh, tomorrow or, the, or, or next week, because I'm already telling you we're not going to be able to get through this first day and in three days <laughs> so let's just, it's just, not if we want to not if we want to learn some things here man because remember there's there's two other appearances here that we're going to be examining but this is the first day these are early hours these are early on and uh you know to the fact that he went into the tomb and what he saw you know verse seven says that he saw the napkin uh that was around jesus's head and it wasn't with the clothes but it was nicely folded together in a different place. <laughs> you know, you know, the Lord yeah. Jesus knew, Jesus knew who was going to be there first. He's God. Something about that, you know, that precision, you know, it wasn't a mess, right? This, this thing was wrapped in a different place. It was as a little hint. But we know something that verse 9 says when John saw that, he believed. I mean, verse 8, it says John the, John the disciple believed. But, but Luke chapter 24, verse 12, will you look over there, Jeremy, real quick and, and read what happened? Yeah. Okay. 24, verse 
Verse 12. 12. Then arose Peter and ran into the, unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. See that that, that gives us insight into what he was thinking, and 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 John's gospel tells us what John was thinking. See, we know there's all kinds of stuff going on here. We got we got some heavy duty warfare still playing out over Peter. But you see, when you go over to and uh, let's just jump over there real quick to to First Corinthians chapter 15. Would you read that to us, Jeremy? So Brother Jeremy, in, in chapter 15, I think it's verse five. I'm not sure. Let me look real quick here. Yeah, 15. Yeah, would you read? Um, yeah, for, read three through through uh, through five. Okay. For I delivered unto you first of all the, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And Cephas is the Greek word for for Peter. You know, that's another uh, it, it, Peter or Petra. Cephas. It's the same word. It it, it means the stone. Uh, that that was what he was known by. So what's revealed here is that sometime between this early morning and then the late evening appearance, where it says then he was seen of all twelve of them. Uh, there was a private visitation by Jesus. There was a private visitation. We know from what we're reading in John chapter 20 here that Peter, uh, Simon Peter, as John calls him, he leaves the scene. John believes what he sees, but we know from now what we just read in Luke chapter 24, verse 12, that when he left that tomb, he didn't know what to think. <laughs> you know, and, and all the emotions that was wrapped up in, it's almost as if, you know, we're being given these these really uh, powerful vignettes by the Spirit to let us see how all the different people were being affected on Resurrection Day. It's really such a picture uh, of how the world receives the news as it is, right? Um, but that's, right. that's something, right? But so we see here that what Paul reveals is that somewhere between that early morning and then that late evening appearance, in that in that room where they were all at late in the evening jesus appeared to him personally and it's probably somewhere uh between that time and, and the late afternoon it, it, that it happened and 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 so we'll just leave that for now and know that this is where peter's at and we're, we're, we're again we're exploring this one day this resurrection day so he goes away and and John it says they, they in verse ten it says they they went back to the house to their own home, um, and, and and they they set off and then the spirit of God kind of turns our attention back to Mary which is what we talked about yesterday, and and can we read that brother because as they're leaving apparently Mary comes back like we talked about yesterday she comes back because remember what we were just told in verse three and four is after she knocks on the door after this earthquake, it's still early by now. The sun is probably 
you know, very light blue in the sky, right? I mean, it's, it's you know, time has been going on, but it's not that much different than when it was really dark, but the sun's beginning to come up. It, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And then when they went running to the tomb, you know, they ran ahead of her. And it, so it seems that what, what John is revealing is that when Mary shows up, they're kind of leaving, right? Which is really interesting to me. <laughs> but it gives you an idea of the kind of, you know, um, you know, the kind of emotions that were going on with everybody. You know, Peter goes wandering off. John and them go back to the house. Mary shows up. They kind of pass each other in the early morning as she's coming back to the tomb. And I, we talked about this yesterday. Peter, obviously, what we just read in Luke twenty four twelve, he he's he don't even know what to think. John is holding to this incredible sense of awe and believed he's alive. But of course, you know, not fully understanding where is he, what's going on. I mean, you know, but he believes. Peter, on the other hand, is wandering the streets, wondering what in the world. And 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 like we talked about, who knows what's rolling through his mind, but we know how the devil is, right? So it would take a personal visitation by Jesus, as Paul would reveal to us. But then Mary shows up, and in verse 15, uh, Jesus says what to her? He appears to her. What does he say? John 20, 15, Brother Jim. Jesus said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. So our attention again is, is, is turned back to Mary, you know, for this incredible thing that's about to happen. Uh, you know, the disciples are gone. Everybody's gone. There's there's no <laughs> There's no soldiers. You know, they've all fled. By this time, If and we don't got time to look at this today, but I, I encourage you all that are listening, go do this study on this one day. See, what happened after the earthquake uh, is that the, the, the soldiers fled. You know, and in, and in another part, it says that they were actually stunned and knocked out like they were dead men as the angel rolled away the stone. I like what Brother Litter and Ravenhill said, just so that we don't get the wrong idea here. The angel didn't come down from heaven to roll away the stone so Jesus could come out. The angel came down from heaven and rolled out, rolled the stone away so that we could go in. <laughs> Jesus was, because <laughs> remember when we when we look at verse 19 of chapter 20, it says that all the doors are shut, right? And he appears in their midst. He didn't need that stone to be rolled away. You know, the, the Lord did it for our benefit so that there would be witness, right? How would anyone ever know that he rose from the dead? He didn't need he didn't need to roll it away, but but the angel did it to let to let us uh, to let us in to see what was actually going on. So Mary shows up and and he asks her two questions: Why are you crying? And and who are you looking for? You know, and, and we talked about that. And she said, you know, I'm looking for my Lord. They've taken away his body. We don't know where he, where where they've laid him. And then in verse 16, can you read verse 16, Brother Jeremy? Yes, uh, here we go. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Master. You know, that, that really blessed me because I was thinking earlier today, you know, because of what she does, right? She turns herself to him. And like you were talking about yesterday, 
when she heard his voice, she turned and you gave us the definition, brother Jeremy. It's like a, it's like a whirling around, right? And she, she obviously tried to hold on to him because he told her not to touch him in the next verse. But when I was really thinking about this today, I, I, I wondered, you know, she, she knows his voice, right? As soon as she heard his voice, that's when she turned around. And I began to think about what what Luke had revealed to us in Luke chapter 8 was, was that he had cast out seven demonic spirits from her life. She was possessed. And so... She knows him from his voice better than anything. If you remember the account of the of the man, the demon possessed man from Gadara, right? When what was happening when 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 he was talking to the Lord, it was the demonic spirits that were speaking through him to the Lord. Do you remember when they said, "Jesus, what is that? What are we to do with you, O Jesus, Son of of God?" Remember, yeah. have you come here right. to torment us before our time? So we have an insight here as to what demon possession actually looks like, heavy-duty demonic possession. They seem to be able to take control over the mind and the voice, over the soul. And it's that, it, in essence, it's as if it, that, that kind of dominance by dark forces in the life of the man Gadara gives us an insight into what Mary was experiencing as well. She had seven of them. And and it seems to to reveal to us that that it, it becomes like in one place where where Paul would write to Timothy and talk about the devil taking uh, possession of certain people at his will, you know, as he wills, he does. So it, it it talks about also and reveals to us how that how that this kind of activity in the spirit uh, nullifies an, a, a person's ability to have control of themselves. It's it's a complete dominance so that the voice that is coming out of the person isn't their own voice and and, and they're not even able to speak or, or to understand. This guy was crazy, right? Like the man from Gadara, they couldn't bind him with chains. He ran through the tombs. He would cut himself, cry out at night. Mary went through something like this. And so it's very profound in verse 16 where when he says her voice, I mean, says her name, she recognizes that voice because it's the first time, I believe, back when he cast out the devils, it was the first time that she she had something that was able to penetrate those demonic spirits that had once possessed her. He went beyond the spirits. He cast them out. And, and, and more than likely, he called her by name, Mary. And she was healed and delivered on that day. So she knew his voice first, and now in the garden she hears that same voice that 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 had cast out those those devils, and that's why she called him master. Because at one time she was mastered by what controlled her, but when he spoke her name Mary after casting out those devils all those couple years before, he became her master. And I wonder her wandering through the night, coming to the tomb. Was there a sense, I mean, wouldn't you think, brother, there was a sense that maybe she was she was also petrified and afraid that maybe if Jesus wasn't there, that she was left unprotected 
and that horrific life that she had once been delivered from, those demonic oppressive spirits, might come back again? Just a thought. I would say so. I would say so. Because uh, remember, even the disciples, you know, before he left, he said, why are you troubled? Because I tell you these things that I'm leaving. So I think it's it's fair to say that. It's fair to, to say that 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 thing could have been on her mind if it wasn't the yeah. disciples also in Mary too. You know, who who would want to separate themselves from their master after walking with Jesus? Think about it. Wherever he went, his presence was there, his word was there to heal. There was a safety. There was something beautiful about walking with Jesus and 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 to know that he was going to be gone. That's a torment. You know, for those who who have walked with him, who have had fellowship with him, to be without him, just to think about that. Yeah, and in Mary's case, he wasn't just going away. He was dead (laughs) in her mind, right? He was dead. And so, I mean, she didn't know he was risen from the dead yet, but not till this moment. But up until that point, to her... I would I would rather hold on to, to just be close to his body even, man. I mean, th- th- it's so extraordinary, you know, and, and I know we're limited in what we can do on these podcasts as far as digging in and, and really exploring some of these subjects. But we, we encourage you to think about these things as the Spirit has caused us to think and reflect. Do we really get an idea or do we do we really see the kind of impact that that the Lord has on a true believer's life. Do we have mm. that kind of of depth of relationship with him? And, and I'm not trying to be melodramatic or, or even hyper-spiritual, anything like that. It, it It should bring us to a place of reflection because what kind of Jesus do you know? I mean, that's what he asked her before he spoke her name. Why are you crying, and who is it that you're looking for? And 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 it's so profound because as soon as she heard his voice, she knew him, and and sought to to lay a hold of him. This is this is this is the kind of church he's coming for. You know, life goes on, man. I mean, just drive by any cemetery, and you and you'll see. You know, myriads of stone, uh, you know, tablets that have the people's names when they were born, when they died. Life goes on. You know, you drive by them. You know, I used to live in L.A. There's this big, you know, cemetery off the 405 freeway there that you can see near near Sunset Boulevard. You drive by this big, big, uh, you know, kind of looks like Arlington Cemetery in Washington. But I, and I drove by there so many times and I used to think, my God, all those lives buried underneath the ground. Life goes on. See, it, it, it was much like that for their experience until they saw him as the resurrected Lord. But to them, life, everything came to a halt. You know, everybody else in Jerusalem was going about doing their business. The Roman soldiers, you know, cleaning the horses, feeding them. You know, you got stable boys, servants running around. Shops are opening. It's like any other day to anyone else. The Sabbath is over. So it's business as usual in Jerusalem, but not for those who knew him. How could they go on? It explains this drive to, to find his 
just his body. So it lets me know what a depth of impact he had in their life. And I have to ask myself, does he impact me that way? Mm-hmm. Does, you know, <laughs> what Jesus oh. am I looking for, right? Who am I looking for here? Yes. Yes. And, you know, wow. <laughs> it, it just, I, I have fresh in my mind what we just studied in the Song of Solomon. When it speaks about the bride looking for, you know, she's sick of love, right? Sick yeah. of love, anticipating, looking for him. Where is he? If you see my beloved, tell him that I'm looking for him. That, yeah. that that's the way it, it's being fresh. It, it it's in my spirit right now, in my heart. As you speak about marriage, that yeah. type of of relationship, that type of fellowship, that type of expectation, where you know, even at the end, you know, when we read the book of Revelation, what does it say? The spirit and the bride say, "Come." There's a desperation for to be with Him, you know. And and you're right. We have to examine ourselves. How 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 much are we truly longing for him? Right? You yeah. have to ask that question, you know, and you know, that was fresh in my mind as we just studied the Song of Solomon. I'm seeing a lot of that in in in, in, in the searching of, of Mary, you know, what she's going through. Amen. And and that is exactly a, a excellent point to make, you know. It is like that and you know, it's it, it how much I mean we can't spend enough time, really. We could never exhaust it because it's vital right now, especially in our times and in the day and age that we're living in. It's a cruel world out there, man. You know, and, and, and life goes on. Life buzzes by us, you know, cars drive down the streets, you know. Every, I mean, people just live their lives. But these people couldn't. They couldn't live their lives anymore, not without him. And, and and married to the extent that that she's weeping so so hard, it just blows my mind, man. You know, and, and then when she says when he says her name, he, he, she calls him master. It's just it, it, it's such a, a, a an incredible thought because she had been mastered by by something else before Jesus came into her life. To willingly address him that way. I'm willing to be your bond slave. That's what Paul called himself. It seems like everybody who encountered him, especially the resurrected Lord, he he became master. He became Lord. He became my everything. I I call him I, I'm his bond slave, Paul called himself. Paul called himself his prisoner. You know, James, the servant of God. This, these are these are these are terms that are born out of absolute dedication to Him. So there's something missing in all of us. And and if and if there isn't, then I'll just shut up and we'll listen to your guys's podcast because <laughs> because we obviously need to listen to you instead. But until then. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm just saying, just saying you know, rhetorically, you know, whoever you are out there, you know, oh, I love Jesus. Well, really? Because I'll tell you what, I, I, I love him with all my heart. But every morning and every day, I search myself 
and and when I do, I realize that that we have so much further to go when I examine the kinds of servants of the Lord that are revealed to us in the scripture. Ordinary people who who became extraordinary saints. And the working of the Spirit and the kind of Lord that they present to us has literally shaped the planet, turned the world upside down, and is needed now in our times in this country more than ever before. And 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 I, I'm moved by her. I'm moved by Peter's wandering through the streets early that morning, wondering what in the world is going on. John's quiet assurance, you know, who said he believed, he saw. He didn't know what was going to transpire the rest of the day, but he knew right now he's got to be alive. I know he's alive. This is the one who laid his head on his heart at the Passover supper. Remember, he laid his head on his chest, the intimacy that he had with his master. You know, Peter wandering through the streets, even though he went into the tomb. You know, there was no angels there when they went in. Mary would see the two angels sitting at the head of the, the one at the head, one at the feet where the Lord had lied. There's all kinds of stuff happening, man, early in the morning on the first day. And when she finally hears his voice, she, she turns to him and, and and just tries to lay hold of him. There's so much in there. I wish, you know, I, wish I was a poet. You know, so we could describe this. You'd be inspired. <laughs> you know, yes. what 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 is what is that? What you talked about yesterday, brother Jeremy. You might want to fix your microphone there. By the way, it's getting a little muffled, so we, so we can hear you clearly. What is that? That turning, you know, and 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 and, and wrapped up in that lunging toward the Lord. Imagine the the enormity of the swing of emotion, man. <laughs> it's incredible. You know, you go from from absolutely weeping to where you can't even look through your tears. You're, you're, you're talking about a brokenness and a sadness of a depth that is so incredible, man. Known by someone that John singles out to include in the account, only her. Uh, that had had seven devils cast out of her, that she could not let this go. And, and, and at such a depth of sadness, only to hear his voice, the highs and the lows, the swings and the emotions are incredible. If you've ever known his voice, then you maybe catch a little glimpse of, mm. of what it must have been like, right? when he takes or lifts that from you, when, when he shows up and speaks your name, when, when he delivers you, when he heals you, or when he's forgiven you from, from such great things that you've done that you maybe thought you'd never do. I mean, whatever the list may be, when he spoke her name, just saying Mary, in it ministered all kinds of cleansing and healing. And, and she was born again. Right, she was born again, <laughs> for she saw him as he was. She saw him as the resurrected Lord. She heard his voice, and 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 so beautiful is the picture painted by the Holy Spirit here, because in essence, it's as if in the garden the voice was restored, the fellowship was restored. She's not hiding from him like Eve and Adam were. She's lunging toward him to grab him. Yes. Something has been born 
and the price has been paid and and the sun's bursting over the eastern hills of Jerusalem. Peter's lined in the streets. John's kind of reminiscing in his mind everything he's ever heard, but he believes. He doesn't know where he's going to see him, but he's on his way. I mean, this is incredible. And then he tells her, don't touch me. I haven't ascended to my father. Any thoughts, brothers? powerful truth um i think i think you know these characters as you mentioned are are put there by the holy spirit these are characters that whose faith shook the world like you said and what we what we have to ask ourselves and those that are listening is i mean at the end of the day would we have gone to the tomb Wow. That's that's the question. Wow. Did we have that kind of love? Do we have that kind of love and devotion to seek him? And we know he's alive. <laughs> we know <laughs> right. he's alive today. <laughs> he's alive. That's good, man. Yeah. You know, they they didn't have the benefit of the doubt of knowing that. Yeah. You know, they, they, they had some faith that they needed to see for themselves. But you think about the three and a half years, the span of Christ's ministry, and, you know, it was like, it must, it must have been like a blur to them. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it was John that said all the things that, the miracles that he did, you could write them in books, and all the books wouldn't fit in the world. In the right? whole world. Yeah. In the whole world. But only a few are showing up to the tomb. My goodness. Think and it was that. women. Yeah. All the dudes were hiding in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, right? But but very few, right? And and yeah. boy, you know, I I hope and I pray, my prayer every day is Lord, give me that kind of faith. You know, give me that yes, kind sir. of pursuit for you. Yes. You know, it it's a very sobering thought. You know, because that, at the end of the day, that's what the gospel is, right? It's it's many many are called, but few are chosen, right? And yeah. so we we have to ask ourselves that question, you know, ourselves as, as ministers and the people that are listening, you know, do we have this kind of pursuit for God, as as Mary did, right? Who who understood her deliverance and and, and sensed the presence of God and the healing of God? Do we have this kind of gratitude towards Him? That's that's a wow. very, very incredible question right there. Amen. And it must be asked every day, like you said, every day. Um, and every moment of every day. Because the like we said, you know, these people go on and the Lord reveals to us, they go on to become the great apostles and prophets of the Lord that, that shape and shook the whole world. It would only be several years from this point where where the temple itself would be burned to the ground. There would be no more Jerusalem as they knew it. Yeah. You know, it, it was it, it's a miniature type of an ultimate judgment that's coming on the face of the earth for its rejection of the Lord. But the anchor that they had mm. was in the absolute certainty, the unequivocal, yeah. undeniable fact that he is risen. He's alive. Yeah. And, and 
and, and that's what got them through. That's what got them through the, the lions of the Colosseum. Yeah. That's what got them through the, the scourgings and, and the persecutions. That's what's got them through the, the shipwrecks and the, and the jailings and the, and, and, and the loss of loved ones uh, and the ridicule and the persecution from city to city. That's what got them through as an anchor for their soul. And I'm saying uh, by the Spirit, really humbly submitting prayerfully by the Spirit, that what we are headed into, I keep trying to say, okay, Brother Marty, you're being way too intense these last several months, you know? You're like way out. <laughs> you know, this is, you're just too intense, yeah. man, you know? And, 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 and then it's like I get, I feel like I'm, I'm like roped back into saying no. You're old enough to know and you've been around long enough to realize and you're a student of history extensively enough to know that the times that we're living in right now are not like other times that I've seen in my lifetime, nor read about in history. And the signs are abounding all around, but we also know by the scriptures that these kinds of calamitous, emotional intense events have have sprung forth on the earth and that the only thing that's going to get us through is do we believe the testimony of those who spoke to us and wrote to us and and gave their lives for they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and they love not their lives even unto the death so that you and i might believe that he's alive and that the words that they wrote, that he's coming again. He, yes. he gave her that first message, right? That's what he goes on to do in verse 17. Could you read verse 17, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Yes. It says, And Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your father, and to my God, and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, that's the gospel, and what he had spoken unto her, that he, that he was going into heaven. That's, 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 that's later, after she did this, that was later in the morning, she went and told him all this. But he gave her a message. She became the first preacher of the gospel. My goodness. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go from here because I have a whole bunch of other stuff I want to talk about. And I, and I suppose we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. I think that's best. Because what I sense in my heart is, is what we've been talking about, brothers, is, is, is just that love for Christ and his love for us. I find it extraordinary that that he made his first appearance to her because all the other women were gone by this point. Not that they didn't love him. Of course they did. But where are you supposed to go, right? But but she didn't know where else to go. She went to the last place she knew he was. And even though she knew the body wasn't there, she, she still went back. Consider that, like Brother Fernando was just saying. She still went back just in case she could find something out. And he came to her. And I want to, you know, I, I just want to leave that, you know, with 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 us today because John, John would talk about, you know, what manner of love is this? 
Yes. So while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? He wants us to, to, to be jarred by this. We're going to have to know him. My sheep are going yes. to have to hear my voice, another they cannot follow. But I yes. think that the depth of the love that we have for him uh, is in direct, uh, the, the ability to hear him will be in direct proportion to the love that we have for him. Right. Consider, right. brothers, that consider that it was Peter who went into the tomb, but he didn't hear his voice yet. John went in, didn't hear his voice, but he believed. But he didn't appear to those two. Mm-hmm. But this, but this one, who knew the depth of such a deliverance and a corresponding mm. response to that deliverance. Mm-hmm. That is who he appeared to, because that kind of love. Remember what he said when he was sat at Simon the Pharisee's table, and the woman, who quite possibly married something, came in and wept at his feet, and and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair, and and he said, and he and he said a, a little story to Simon, and he says, who do you think uh, loved the Lord? most and he said i suppose the one who whose greatest debt was forgiven right and he said well the, to him uh, to whom much is forgiven right the same loves much you know really there is no sin greater than others although we can explore depths of sin that are at different levels you know that that engender incredible guilt and shame and and inability but but when god comes and delivers you in such a way where in this way uh it it is that love that i just marvel at in in this precious saint of god mary in that she, in that even when she set off early before the sun came up even when she saw uh the tomb was rolled away she didn't stop she went and then when the the apostles went to go look for jesus's body or at the tomb she didn't stay at the house right <laughs> She kept. She right. followed them, even though they outran her. And even when they passed her on the road, there's oh, no account of them saying anything to her. You know what were the look on their faces? John, you know, a reflective. He, I believe, Peter maybe passing her by, too ashamed to even lift his head because he don't even know what's going on. None of it deterred her. She's gonna find him. She's gonna find him one way or another. And when she exhausted everything looking for him, he found her. Have you ever been there, man? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Right, brother? Didn't yeah. he find you in a hospital bed, brother Fernando? Absolutely, brother. He did. And he found me. He found me when I couldn't look for him anymore. He came and whispered my name and said, get up. And I got up, brother, not by my strength. You got out of that bed, not by your strength. We stand here today because of him. And I want to love him like that. I want to love him like that. I don't, I want to, if she could love him without a a copy of a Bible in her hand, there's no commentaries. There's no 24-hour day access to the internet and and let greek and hebrew like the kind what what kind of she loved him without all that 
He penetrated the depth of her soul. And we once knew that. And, and, and that's why King David would cry out, sacrifice an offering. You, you don't want it. Otherwise, I'd give it to you. It's a broken, it's a contrite spirit that you will not despise. Oh, God, he said, created me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit, O oh Lord. For then I shall teach sinners in the way. Glory to God. Yes. Master, she said. Is he our master today? Is he your master today, those of you listening? Let us pray that we would love him like this, that we would know him like this. I want to know him like this. I think that's why Paul, you know, you know, he went and, and he had fellowship with the apostles. He heard these stories. He knew the early saints, and he would write like that, right? He would say, oh, that I would know him, that I would know him, and the fellowship of his sufferings. We're going to need it, brothers. Our families, our children, the flock of God amongst us, as they say, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, our communities. America stands on the brink this morning. Our country is at a crossroads. The only thing that's going to see us through is knowing him like this, is being able to say with all our heart, Master. Praise yeah. God. Anything Praise else, God. brother? <laughs> I'm a... Tomorrow we'll pick Amen. it up from here. <laughs> yes. Many, just many, so knew him by, many, many knew him by different names, right? Blind yes. Bartimaeus has called him Son of David. That's good. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. Prince of Peace, but she called him Master. Ah, Lord. What a powerful, powerful name, Master. And Glory I think that's the, the, that's the complete surrender right there, right? Yes. It's, 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 the, it's the complete surrender of a life given over to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And I think that it, she serves as an example to us, right? I yeah. mean, like you brought out that not even Peter believed, you know, he, he, he didn't believe, John did, but the Lord didn't speak to them. He spoke to this woman, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes, yeah. sometimes the things that, that happen in our lives, are for him to be able to speak to us, you know, and and and, yeah. and that's what he's searching for. He's searching for something. He's searching for that kind of faith that that woman had, and that kind of love and devotion that that woman had. Lord, and and, uh, and while we find ourselves in the midst of this pandemic, you know, are we like her? Are we seeking after him with love? Are we looking for him with love? Are we looking for his appearing? That's the question we need to pose to ourselves. And what a, what a powerful, powerful uh, podcast, you know, and, and uh, I sense his presence. And I know he's dealing with certain people. And, and Pastor, I think uh, if we can make a prayer before we close this, I, I sense there's there's some people. There's some people yeah. that that want that kind of consecration. There's things that are holding them back, whatever that might be. Yeah. But he requires complete surrender. Amen. 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 
was I was thinking of a quote from Polycarp in his martyrdom in the in the first century of Christians in eighty six year eighty six he was eighty six years old and the governor was pleading with him to revile your Christ. Take an oath and I will let you go. We know how he died, he was burned on a stake. But this is what he said. He said, Eighty and six years I have served him, and he has done me no wrong. <laughs> How then can I blaspheme my king? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. My God. Praise you, Lord. He's my brothers. Hallelujah. An 86-year-old man who who told them the flames that you're going to put me in can only last so long. And even at his death, preaching to them, but the fire of eternal damnation is much longer. This is what 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 made these men and women give their lives and faced even Martin, you know, to be killed and threatened because they had a love for God. They had a love that surpassed even their own lives. That's why we want to pray because we we need that in this hour. Yeah. My prayer is, Lord, if it comes down to it, Lord, please give me the grace not to deny you, Lord. Not to deny you. You've been so good to me. And today we want to pray as Brother Marty and here the panel, Brother Fernando, we sense the presence of God moving. And he just wants to stir you. He just wants to remind you. You see, we love him because he first loved me. Hallelujah. Even before the foundation of the earth, God, you you loved us. Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. We have sensed your presence, Lord, throughout this throughout this podcast, Lord, that you have not let us escape, Lord, the attitude and, and the love that Mary had, God. Father, that nothing deterred her, God, from from staying, from from hiding. She went, Lord, in spite of everything, an earthquake that had taken place, the commotions that was going on, the emotions that were taking place, but nothing deterred her, God. Why? Because, Lord, you had done something in her life, Lord. You had delivered her, God. And she loved you so much that she went, Lord, and she stood and she wept bitterly, Lord, and it is to her that you appeared personally, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, because this woman is a reflection and an inspiration and an encouragement to us to say, Lord, I want, Lord, to have that level of love, that love, God, that only comes from a, a heart that is grateful for what you have done, one who has experienced the touch, the deliverance, the healing, the salvation of our God, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would draw us closer to you in this hour. Lord, that we will love you more than even our lives, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the life of Mary and the testimony 
that speaks to us in this hour, in this time, Lord. It speaks to us, Lord, of a wanting, of a longing. Father, I don't know the condition. I don't know in what place our listeners may find themselves, God, and how and what they may be dealing with. But, God, I pray that through this word, that, Lord, that they are being drawn to you, God, that you are drawing them unto you, God, and that, Lord, out of this they can remember their minds will be stirred up of where you brought them out from, God, for some many years ago, from some from hospital beds, from some from addictions, some, Lord, from, from places that only nobody knows, God, the depths of yeah. where you have taken. Stir up our minds to remember where you have brought us out from, God, that it will cause us to be grateful, to run to you and say, God, I need you once again. Lord, I need your touch once again. Don't leave me, Lord. Father, that this will cause us to cry to you and say, Lord, we need you, God. Father, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. And we pray that this word will have free course in the hearts of men. I know you're dealing. Today is the day, Lord. We cannot wait, Lord, for tomorrow. Today you are dealing with our hearts, and you are drawing us unto you in this hour. Continue, continue to move by your spirit. Even after, Lord, this podcast is done, that your spirit will continue to touch hearts, to mend hearts, to restore hearts, God. And we thank you that you will always respond to those who call upon the name of Jesus, to those who call upon your name, Lord, you will never leave them. You will not turn your back on them. And to those who sincerely come to you, Lord, and we thank you that you're still available to those who call on your name, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for all that you're doing and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. We pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue on this beautiful, beautiful turn of events in one day. And and we pray that you have been blessed. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and keep looking up.